0: Hey guys, it's Bradley. I want to tell you about Ascend. Ascend is not just another premium finance company. Ascend will solve all of your agency bill problems through automation of invoicing, premium financing, carrier payables, all the way to the end of the workflow. There's a lot of hidden costs with how you're doing business today. AMSs, CRMs can spend more than half the day chasing down payments, following up on non-pays, getting signatures for financing docs. This leads to an overworked, overwhelmed, unhappy team. And guys, you want your team to be happy. Industry's hard enough as it is. We really need them to be happy. As your agency grows, this issue gets worse and worse. And we typically solve the problem with a little bit of software, but a ton of manpower still involved. With Ascend, you can use a software first solution and just need a little bit of manpower, allowing you to grow without significant increase in overhead. Ascend automates all of these repetitive payment Processes so your team can get back to helping your clients. With Ascend, we've seen non-payment cancellations in our agency go down up to 95%. Teams save more than 20 hours per month when they work with Ascend and an average of a 75% decrease in payment-related customer questions. Guys, if people aren't calling your office with questions, you have more time to sell and grow your agency. Visit useascend.com backslash insurance guys. Guys, Ascend makes agency bill as easy as direct bill, but you keep all of the benefits of agency bill the best of both worlds. Thanks, guys.
1: Insurance
2: agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, powered by Hawksoft. God, I love Hawksoft. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services based up on Spill, Alabama. And before we get started in today's podcast, please help me welcome, he's a $7 million bull rider from Mobile, Alabama, parade first team, all-American rivals, five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? That had extra emphasis. He's a $7 million boy. Hey, Bradley, I I got to tell you something. I love that sound on TikTok. Hey, Bradley, I got to tell you something. I am the sorest I've ever been in my life. Let me tell you what happened. Oh, no. This is my life in a nutshell. Last summer, I had a good friend of mine, been, kindergarten, been, been friends since we were in kindergarten. One of my oldest, probably my oldest friend from Hamilton, Alabama, come over to my house. I want him to build a pool deck around my redneck above ground pool that I bought. The pool deck extends and wraps around my house to the back door. That's, that's fine right there. That's fantastic. You know, he gets started building this deck and he's trying to outdo himself. And my friend Darren Bobo is, a, is an independent adjuster, works for auto owners and uh, three or four Allstate, three or four carriers. makes you could more not m- have just named two different insurance carriers. Yeah, uh, makes more money than a show dog can jump over. I send him some pictures of this pool deck, and he said, Scott, that's the biggest deck I've ever seen in my life. I have measured the deck. It's around 2,000 square foot of deck. Huge, huge deck. He gets through building it. Looks great. You could have a rock concert on top of it. Bradley over here laughing till he's about to cry because he knows the story's gonna end badly. Uh, built a big pergola and I when he finished it, I looked at him and I said, Steve. I swear to God, I think you could have damn Guns N' Roses come play a full rock concert on this deck and hold 5,000 people. So he leaves the house last summer. Deck looks great. Just got it stained a few, few days ago. Got it finally, got it stained. Had some paid somebody to come stain it. Well, after he leaves, I get to looking around. Bradley, he did not put one brace underneath oh. that deck. So I told my wife, I said, listen. Steve did a great job on the deck, but we're gonna have to break. I'm gonna have to brace up underneath it.
0: It's usually how it goes when you get one of those discount contractor uh-huh, uh-huh. prices.
2: Now remember, he spanned in some in some areas of that deck. He spanned 16, 18 feet with no bracing underneath it, no spot piers, no nothing. I have spent the better part of three weeks to the tune of close to a thousand dollars in material, self performing putting up below deck bracing and you and and in that right now right now you had
0: hip surgery a month ago
2: hip surgery a month ago yesterday i got up at 6 a.m sunday morning i put my knee pads on because i had to buy knee pads there are some areas of this deck that are as high as four feet five feet underneath it in clearance which is easy peasy to do it there at the front of this deck I have about two feet of clearance. So I'm literally working on my back installing two by six joist perpendicular to the floor decking, I mean, to the floor joist, then taking two, one jack on the back end of this deck and one jack on the front of this deck, jacking it up all to level and then putting concrete four by four posts in to hold it in place. And I have now worked, I think I've worked so far, I'm up to about 30 hours that I've been working on mm. Once
0: you so, get one of those crackheads so, that lives down there by you and pay them a hundred dollars.
2: Oh, that. I could do that and I could pay them a hundred dollars. You know how wrong they do it all. Yeah, that's true. It, this is literally one of those situations you have to do yourself or somebody's yeah. going to screw it up. So anyway, I can barely walk today because yesterday from about 7 a.m. until noon, I was under that house or deck, excuse me, putting in a support system to finally get this deck where it needs to be. Looks fantastic, though. He did a great job on it. You seem to be
0: recovering well from the hip surgery. I I have. The last time we were recording, Mm. you know, you had to... Mm. It was almost like Mm. you were... Mm. Uh, you had to plan your bathroom trips around mm. when we were recording because you couldn't get in and out of here real easy. And then, and then actually, you know, when we went to Hawks office event hug, I was on my way there. I don't have told you this. I was flying in, flying out same day. Well, when I was on my way there, my flight back got canceled. Right. So I ended up having to stay the night, and I was like, "Oh, this is perfect. Let me check because Austin, Texas, to see if there's anything going on at Joe Rogan's comedy club tonight, and I'll buy me and Scott two tickets to go see Joe Rogan or whoever." And I get there, and I saw you walk in, and I was like, "Yeah, we're not going anywhere outside of the hotel." Mm-hmm. So we had dinner at the hotel. We never left. You you were in pretty pretty rough shape, brother. So you you recovered. Let me real, tell you, really let quick tell you. from that.
2: Hey, let me tell our podcast audience something. You people cannot understand how little time Bradley Flowers and I get to spend with each other. That night, that was the most we talked in years. I, I, I'm telling you right now, that night Bradley's flight gets canceled. He and I get to go to dinner at a steakhouse inside the resort, and it was just he and I. And we sat down for, I guess, close to two hours and talked. And that will that will always be one of my fondest memories because Bradley and I can go years without ever getting to spend time with each other. I mean, you take places like Austin, Texas at the One City World Tour. We never, besides seeing each other on stage, really never got a chance to sit down and talk, just you and I. So,
0: well, that's the hardest. Atmosphere. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I really sure. enjoyed that. For sure. I did, I did as well. Glad it worked out. Still pissed they didn't have the bourbon I ordered that night. I know. I, I walked in. My favorite bourbon right now is E.H. Taylor. My second favorite is Weller 107. And we walked into the restaurant, and there was there was like a bourbon-themed steakhouse. And I was uh-huh. like, oh, they're going to have Weller 107 uh-huh. here. Wow. And I ordered it, and they're like, sorry, sir, we don't have it. We so just they, ran out. I'm still, still pissed about that. But
2: Guys. I get to do one of my favorite things in the world today, and that's to interview a great insurance agent. I love it. I love having the opportunity to interview people who are just like you, who are just like me and Bradley, who are out there every day with a baseball bat in their hand, taking swings at the plate. And I'm so excited to get an opportunity to bring him on the show today. Ladies and gentlemen, he is originally from Canton, Georgia, and he currently resides in ball ground, Georgia. He is married to the beautiful Katie and they have two beautiful babies. His son, Briggs, age seven, shout out to Briggs and Sully, his daughter, age five. Guys, do me a favor. When you hear this, I know you're going to be too young to listen to this podcast right now. You're not going to care much about it, but I want you to do me a favor anyway, because your daddy will probably let you listen to this part of it. You should be so proud of him for what he's accomplished in his life. And I want you to do me a favor. And I want you to walk up to him and hug his neck and tell him how much you love him. That will mean more to him than anything you could give him. And one day when you get a chance to listen to this podcast, I want you to uh, do it again and know that he has accomplished a lot in his life. And you should be very proud of him. He, He is a graduate of the University of Georgia. Played football there. Started out as a walk on at fullback for the Dogs. First game he got to play in was against the Florida Gators. They had a little little known quarterback back then. Uh, y'all probably never heard of him before. His name was Tim Tebow, and uh, of course they won the national championship that year. And for many years from July two thousand nine, he was a associate agent with Alpha Insurance, and then from July twenty ten through March of twenty twenty one. He was the principal agent with Alpha Insurance, the Bagby Agency. And today, here we are. He is the founder and principal of Providence Insurance from April of 2021 until today. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor today to introduce to you
1: from Ball Ground, Georgia, Mr. Josh Bagby. How are you, Josh? doing good man. Hey, I appreciate this guy. I've been waiting my whole life for an intro like that. So I, I appreciate you. Brother,
2: you you deserve every minute of it. Let me ask you a question. One of the hardest things you can do in your life, no matter who you are, is be a walk-on at a major university in football. They don't get treated quite as well. You have to earn your stripes. There's a weed out process. It's almost like they don't give a shit. They're just trying to figure out who wh- – they're going to try to figure out how to separate the wheat from the chaff, and if you make it, great, and if you don't, get on down the road. Talk a little bit about going through that process.
1: Yeah, so I, I had a unique experience, and I kind of got to to see both sides of it. So I took a scholarship out of high school down to Georgia Southern University, yep. uh, which was one A at the time, wasn't quite – Yeah, but, but big big fish in a little pond. That, well, bit bigger. I was never – let's be honest man I was I was not real good I was always better in my head than than I was on the field but had had that we went through a coaching change so then I transferred and sat out a couple seasons at at Georgia just wanted to be a student um after after my favorite coach and everything got let go at Southern so uh, then I started getting that itch man Georgia beat Hawaii in the Sugar Bowl and the big blackout and I I won't mention the other blackout against Auburn but uh, that one went pretty well too It. I started to get that itch, and I felt like I needed to make things right. So went and started to walk. You know, started that process. They beat Hawaii in January in the Sugar Bowl. I go in as soon as we back to school that week, and uh, this coach didn't even turn around from his computer, the little walk-on coordinator guy. And uh, you know, I, I was still thinking I was a pretty pretty bad dude, and he didn't care at all. He goes, "All right, be outside that elevator at three o'clock tomorrow." And I'm like, "Oh, this starts." Tomorrow, <laughs> I thought we could have some time to. You mean tomorrow, next week? No, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. And so you come, you do blood work, make sure you're, you know, not going to die on them. Um, and then you start hitting the weights, man. And then really that weed out process you're talking about was uh, this little thing called mat drills. I had some experience with it at Georgia Southern. They had kind of everybody kind of started copying mat drills, and we get out there, and it's this thing where you got to. They get you up at four o'clock in the morning. It's probably the closest thing to boot camp you can do without going through boot camp. One time I slipped down in a dude's vomit running into yeah. a brick wall and you know yeah. still got sent back and had to do it again, even God, though the story kept know, getting worse and worse. <laughs> it's just it's unbelievable, man. And so there were 17 of us that were trying to walk on, and believe it or not, everybody made it through Matt drills. We had some scholarship guys quit during Matt drills. All the walk-on dudes made it, and then they just kept they only had so many spots going into the fall. So they kept three of us. And um, you know, this got got a little bit of playing time, nothing Nothing right home about man and playing on special teams, but it was it was fun to see that process and really from a leadership perspective, being around uh Coach Rick, seeing how that played out, seeing how a good man can can accomplish some great things in his life, and just kind of seeing how that the hierarchy of the whole thing was set up. So question. Yeah. The game the game where
0: Georgia was playing Florida and you guys got the intentional unsportsmanlike conduct penalty were you on the field for that i was not it was oh, a year, man. that was a year before i got there yeah the dancing on the field yeah that came up on tiktok of all things uh yesterday
1: no i was uh i was on the one where we got blown out like 41 to 10 and urban Myers calling timeouts at the end of the game to rub it in from the year before so right. I, I got to experience the frustration without the fun
0: I'll tell you a funny story. So this is actually not an alpha story. This is a pre-alpha story. But you know how... Yeah, you get started in this industry, you've been doing this since 2010, so what's that 13 years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um I started in uh
2: 2011. Well, I was an associate agent gotcha. for two, so it's actually 15, but who's counting? Okay. I started in 2011
0: and and it seems like decades ago, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. And and you'll you'll and it's like I I was a completely different person. I was a completely different insurance agent. And you know, you think I don't know about you guys, but this is kind of how I operate. I put bad experiences out of my head.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Like it actually hurts me when I have an argument with someone because they'll bring up all the times I've ever pissed mm. them off, and mm-hmm. I can't remember any of the times they pissed me off. Like <laughs> right. I do this weird thing. I don't. I just. I like. I. I was having dinner with a, a business colleague. Uh, a year or so ago, and he's like, what are some of your big business losses? And I sat there and thought and thought and thought and thought and thought, and he's like, do you not have any? And I was like, no, 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 I do. I just don't think yeah. about th-. you know Anyway, so this thing. So there, that- there's
2: a reason why they make the rearview mirror a lot yeah, smaller yeah, than exactly. the windshield, right? It's wins
0: and lessons, right? Yeah. This thing happened that I forgot about, uh uh-huh. okay?
2: Uh-huh.
0: And especially our listeners know how kind of techie I am. Like, they'll think this is funny. So this thing happened that I forgot about. Okay, so I started with Liberty National Life Insurance. Mm. Basically, basically as close to selling life insurance door to door without doing it, right? Mm -hmm. When I started, I was given a book of business. Mm. Okay. And here's what I mean by that an actual book, a binder. Right. Like the perforated with the little holes in it. Right. And each one of them had, it was four sections. That was four clients. There was no online CRM. There was no management system. Right. And when you were given this, that was on a copy you were getting. Mm. Okay. And it was, it was a book of life insurance clients. The idea was, is you call these life insurance clients, get meetings with them to review their insurance, try to sell more products. That's, that right. was the game. Right. So I was given this book, right? Well, I, I started at the same time as a as, as another guy who also wanted that book of business. It was an agent that was retiring, and they did not give it to him. They gave it to me,
2: okay? Why the hell did he want it if he's retiring? No, 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 no.
0: no. The book of business was that of an agent oh, that was retiring. Oh, I'm sorry. This was Go another ahead.
2: guy, okay?
0: So I had this book of business, and that was what I worked every day. You know, every uh, every Friday – From eight to five, I would call and set up my appointments for the next week. Mm -hmm. Did a lot of beneficiary reviews. Hey, we need to review your beneficiary, update your beneficiary, and then use that to sell more insurance. Typical. We got a better product over here
2: for you. Typical
0: scammy life insurance.
2: Go ahead and roll this into a universal. Blah blah blah, and then did so a lot of term conversion. And then Bradley gets the big commission (laughs) check.
0: Anyway, so. So I ha- at the time I drove a Volvo S40 T5 car. If you ever had one of those, that's a really good Volvo mm-hmm. car. It was perfect until it breaks down on the side of the interstate. On I mean. per- yeah, it costs four hundred dollars to get the old change. <laughs> perfect driving around selling insurance car though. Yeah. Gas mile, you know, thirty-five miles a gallon, whatever. Anyway, passenger door, the front passenger door did not lock. Mm. So you would lock the car. Okay, mm-hmm. walk around. And you'd have to walk around and, and manually lock it, right? I hardly ever did that. Sure. So I'm at the golf course. It's like four o'clock one day. Guess who else is at the golf course? Another agent that wanted that book too.
2: Oh, I see where this is going. Mm. I
0: get. Just think about this for a minute, okay? Oh. I have no skills. I don't know how to prospect. Uh-huh. I don't know how to buy lists. The only website I knew about was www.whitepages.com.
2: Because and you got your sales bible sitting in the passenger seat of a door that doesn't lock. I, <laughs> I get back to my car and that book of business is gone.
0: No. So think about this for a second. Okay. Now you didn't get paid renewals on this book, but think about this for a second. It's like a
1: HIPAA violation in you there somewhere. To
0: your, you get to your office. We had, we're going to have to check the statute of limitations on HIPAA violation. <laughs> there was no, there was only contact data in there. I get to my car. You get back to your office today, and somebody steals your book of business. It's gone. You can't forget get it a B O R, baby. Damn it, man! Think about that for a minute. So that came across my head the other day in the shower, and I was like, "Yeah, that's a crazy story." And I've never told. Oh, you could have had him arrested. Stole it. Yeah, and eventually, and eventually entered. admitted it. Of but, but the book was nowhere to be found. Sure. like there, I have sure. a book of business. It's a physical book of business. There's one. And somebody still. How, pi- it.
2: how pissed was your then boss when you had to tell him this story? Uh, He
0: was more like, well, you and I both know who did it. And <laughs> they ended up, they ended up giving me another book of business for someone else that was huh. actually better. Yeah. Because I'd kind of been through that one. Right. But I'm talking about, you know, like a, the big commercial checkbooks right. that are like one foot long by six foot tall. I got about one. About that thick. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, That's about what it looked like and how big it was.
1: I tell you, man, I appreciate you guys with with the podcast and the the guests that you guys have because you, you learn so much. That's how I learned about the Agency Collective. I was working out in my basement one night listening to the Kenny Urbania episode. I think it was the first Kenny episode. And text Bradley like, is this guy full of crap or is this... Is this legit? I think he right. texts you and, yep. you know, that was a, a great connection. Well, but, it's
0: funny. It's like, it's funny because when you work at a company or you, or say you're, you know, at Allstate or, who, you know, any, any kind of captive and then you go independent, all of a sudden you find out how many other of your counterparts are thinking about it too. I, oh <laughs> it's man, like, it's like nobody, can't I, people it. were calling me and I was like, I don't know that I would do what you're doing right now. When I was thinking about yeah, like people, yeah. like, I bet I had 25 people call me, but But everybody's uh,
1: feeling those frustrations. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, exactly. And the comfort
1: is what scared me because it was comfortable. And that's kind of, honestly, I think that's where the captive thing gets you. You get comfortable, you're making more money than, than you'd be able to make if you went and took another job somewhere and you know that to rebuild that business, you're going to take a hit financially for a while and uh, and learn what you're doing i still do that man i scroll the feeds and, and listen to you guys you know every time it comes out just to figure out what i don't know um because well, i'm nowhere near the smartest man in the room i don't ever hey, want to be well, number
2: one i want to tell you thank you for supporting the podcast you wearing that sleeveless shirt i sent you bro <laughs> yeah I actually i have i should <laughs> awarded it on here uh, that means a lot to me, that means a lot to Bradley, but uh, above and beyond that, I appreciate you supporting our sponsors because Bradley and I are very intentional about who we bring on as sponsors, and the one thing I'll say about the AC, good, bad, or indifferent, when I went out and went independent in July of 2020, man, I kept getting all these aggregators and clusters want me to pay like $7,500 down and there's buyback provisions and you've got to pay us back 40% of everything you write, you know, that kind of stuff. And I knew that whether the AC was going to be the right choice or not, having the ability with a 60-day notice to get out of it, I'm like, well, shit, I can't lose in that deal because everything else I was looking at was like, you got to do this and you got to do that and you got to pay us back and blah, 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 blah. And I just I'm thought, like, yeah. why
1: is there a contract? If it's so good, why are you trying to lock me in for years, years and years? Thank Where you. If, if, you, if you got an easy way out, it's got to be good. Or else right. everybody'd take the take it out and they wouldn't be in business. Correct. Uh, but they have been everything that I needed them to be, and they leave me alone is right. the other part to where I don't feel like I'm captive. I kept huh. getting down the rabbit holes with a lot of them and uh-huh. it felt like, man, this is just well, the glorified. Yeah, captive. I'm basically gonna be captive well, well, what, again.
0: What you <laughs> have, yeah, exactly. So so what you have, so a lot of captive agents like having that support and that they feel like they have somebody to fall back on. Mm. They like having big brother, so to speak. Mm. Uh, you know, me, when I left, I didn't want to answer to anybody. Right. Yeah, I was like, the same I tu- way. I was I, so turned, I turned down people wanting to invest large sums of money for very, very small equity in right. my agency because I didn't want to have to explain why I took this meeting over this meeting. Like, it was right. extreme. Yep. I was like, I'm doing this 100% on my own. Most people I feel like who go independent don't necessarily feel that way.
2: Yeah. And,
0: Mm -hmm. and so I think a lot of these aggregators and clusters take advantage of that. And that's what attracts people to some of the ones that really lock you down. Because here's the thing. It's like, it's like goosehead. Right. All right. I have friends that are goosehead agents, love Love those guys, but you know, gooseheads deal is, Hey, you get hundred percent commission the first year, I think and then 50% every year after that but you don't have to handle the service right okay so here's where they get you okay the average independent carrier is paying 15% the average cap- captive par- carrier pays 8 to 10% mm. so that agents looking at it and going well hell i'm getting mm-hmm. the same mm-hmm. percentage i'm getting now and i don't right. have to service it and we have all the markets
2: right right
0: but in reality, if you build a $5 million book at 15% commission, uh-huh. I don't know what that math works out to be, but you're paying a whole lot of money for that service person. You sure. can hire the best thing service person in Mobile, Alabama, or Scranton, Pennsylvania for half a million dollars. Right. You know, So that's kind of where they get you is like people only focus on the market access yep. and the the actual percentage rather than, hey, how much am I being locked up? What are my stipulations and that sort of thing. Yeah.
1: And I, I think there's also a, uh almost a, a fear tactic with some of it on that you can't get contracts on your own. For sure. Right. Well, sure. You gotta have us, um, you know, and, and I mean, you're cut, cut loose with the agency collective. Like you gotta, you gotta make your business plan and they're going to make sure that you're, you're buttoned up and everything, but you still take those calls with the carriers and you still sure. have that conversation, but it, it's a good learning process too with, uh-huh. with it all. I don't want somebody to do it all for me. Now, some days there are, I wish I, I could pay somebody to just take my problems away, but yep. you know, I think that's everybody.
2: So, so I asked you before we started, I said, what's what are you the best at? You said community connection. Talk a little bit about that. I want to hear more.
1: Yeah, man, I mean, we live in a, a phenomenal area. We're in Cherokee County, Georgia. We're about thirty miles northwest of Atlanta. Uh, we're considered the metro area of Atlanta. There's about 300,000 people in this community. And, you know, I grew up here. I moved here when I was nine years old and this is home, man. This is where we go to church. This is where, you know, I played ball growing up. This is where I went to high school, had no intentions yep. of coming back here after college, but Hey, landed here. So for me, man, like small business has always been a big thing at alpha, you know, Bradley tell you, we're not big on commercial at all. Like they, it, it it's just not a big thing. So that wasn't really a, a, a business appetite for us. I just love the people, man. And you're about two degrees of Kevin Bacon away from knowing anybody you need to know in in Cherokee County.
2: Everybody there is a warm lead, aren't they?
1: That's it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the community come together and do a lot of cool stuff. We are an incredibly fast-growing community. So not everybody kind of knows the history in the good old boy network and who's a great little small business here that – because, I mean, let's face it, we're just big enough and we're just close enough to Atlanta that it's expensive to advertise um, as far as billboards go, TV, radio, you know, whatever you want to do, internet, um, Google AdWords, like it's it's costly to do that. So right. for me, that's kind of where this Facebook group came in, man. You know how it is. Somebody call you, hey, I need I bought a house. I need four ceiling fans hung. Or, hey, I need a, a dude to sure. re- redo my deck because this guy didn't build it up to code in my backyard. Shout out. So, <laughs> if you knew... <laughs> by, by the way, Did you
2: didn't get so, so, a so of insurance. So yeah. so to, to add to what he's saying right now, number one, as I'm sitting here at this microphone right now, it feels like I rode a horse from Montana to Texas over the last three days. That's number one. Number two my left shoulder feels like somebody shot it with a damn 22 pistol and there's a bullet lodged in my left shoulder
1: right now but besides that guys i'm doing great go ahead yeah so you know who is the best deck guy in town where do you get your tires and all that so i'd give them my my contacts hey this is who i use they're great hey you know this this is somebody i know i've I've heard them have never used them personally so you know, that kind of thing just just recommendations man and so I was like hey let's start a Facebook group Facebook was pushing groups big time you know having't been in the soup and haven't been in some other little local groups like I kind of ha- had an idea of of how that went down so I started one locally man it's Cherokee connect is the name of it and we have a lot of great charities here we have a lot of great businesses and we have a lot of great people but a lot of times those don't overlap to where the charities don't have sales and marketing teams or anything like that but you know, if the food bank's running low on, on spaghetti sauce, how are they supposed to let the community know that they need some uh, somebody to turn up with some spaghetti sauce? Or, you know, foster kids and Christmas, uh, how do they get gifts? How does all that work? So I wanted to kind of create a spot to where if I have enough people in there with enough, you know, businesses locally, then the charities can piggyback on that and get their needs out locally. Hey, um, let me stop right there. So you yeah. started a Facebook group called Cherokee Connect. Yep.
2: And when you started it, how did you know, you know, the day, the day you did that on Facebook probably took you what, 15, 30 minutes to create, yeah. yep. but then did you start inviting local businesses to be a part of it? Is that how you kind of started kicked it out, out with
1: my personal network? It was friends. Okay. I knew, you know, it, you only got so many friends on Facebook. And so I went back and had all the people that I knew and I'd kind of warm drip it, kind of tell them what I wanted it to be. You know, send them a little email, send a text, whatever. And then people that were in business, I got friends that own businesses locally too. So put them in there just to where I would already been referring people to them. This was just going to make it easier to do that and to where they could click through and get their contact info and and their website and all that kind of stuff. So ran that and, uh, Hey, invite your friends. By the end of the week, there were a couple thousand people in the group. Um, by the end of the month, there was 5,000, you know, just kept it. It took off like wildfire, man. And as you know, as we sit here today, we're about three and a half years in. There's 75,000 people in the Facebook group, man, in a, in a county of 300,000 people. So it has kind of become a town hall, so to speak. Um, I, I do not push insurance in there hard at all. Um, I think if you go at it with that mentality, people are going to see you as like a as a salesy, cheesy kind of guy, uh-huh. and you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. But if your heart is truly in trying to make your community a better place leave the dugout better than you found it, type setup. Right. Right. Um, people love it, man. And it's it's been a great brand builder for us. Um, our growth switching from, you know, Alpha to, to Providence would not have happened without that. I think I made one or two posts, you know, just letting people know where I was at at the time, you know, now, and it immediately flowed right over and, and let us pick up right where we left off with the new thing. But um, it's been so much fun seeing people, you know, pay off school lunch debt. You know, whether you believe school uh-huh. lunch debt should be a thing, we've paid probably $10,000, $12,000. Yeah, so that? that was one of the first kind of instances where I saw kind of the power of the group. Girl I went to elementary school with, shot me an email about two months into the group. She was like, hey, do you know about the school lunch debt? I said, no, I didn't even know that was a thing. And my kids at the time were too young to be even in the school system. I said, yeah, hey, there's free lunch, there's reduced lunch, and there's regular lunch. Well, the reduced lunch can, get, can still incur a debt. And if they hit a certain dollar amount... These kids are getting a brown paper bag with a cheese sandwich in it. And, Damn. you know, they're getting fed, but it's it's embarrassing for them. You know, it's obviously not fully nutritious. Um, hey, how much do you think? Can you pose this to the group? So, next thing you know, I get a list of every school in the dollar amount. And I'm just like, hey, yeah, you know, I don't want to handle money for people. I'm like, hey, when you pick a kid up, pick a school here, throw 100 bucks if you got it, throw 20 bucks, five bucks, whatever you got to the cafeteria lady, and she'll put it on the account of the kid that she knows needs it most. Well, within three hours, man, we had about $2,500 knocked out, and I had a check going the next day to the nutrition office to take care of the debt for the county-wide. We've since done that a couple times more. Um, you know, total raise is probably ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000 at this point, but, you know, and trying to kind of parlay that into what how can we make real change here locally? You know, that's, that kind of goes beyond what the scope of the group is, but people talk about getting involved politically and all that. And that's not really, that's that's not the goal here. The goal is you see a need, you feel a need and you knock it out and you move on to the next one. And that's without having any red tape with the Facebook group, man, it's been, it's been great with some of the, the things we can can address quickly.
2: Well, hello there. Guys, excuse me for interrupting your regularly scheduled podcast, but I'm here today to get you out of aggregator and cluster jail. This may be the most important message I've ever delivered on the insurance guys podcast. Guys, are you a member of a cluster or an aggregator? Does your contract have exit fees, termination payments, buyback provisions? It's time to get your freedom back. And do what we did here at iProtect Insurance, join the AC, the future of aggregators in our industry. Best decision we've ever made, guys. Best decision we've ever made. No entry fees, small $200 a month membership fee, over 50 plus carriers for direct appointments. And by the way, new ones coming on board each and every month. You keep 100% of your commissions Profit sharing every year, guys, we have made in the last two years, each year, our agency has made over $100,000 in profit sharing. Here's the best part guys. And this is the part I'm the most passionate about. No termination or exit fees. You give the AC 60 days notice and you're free. You go get direct appointments wherever you want. There's no buyback provisions, no exit clauses. Guys, if you're a member of another aggregator and you have termination fees, buyback provisions, exit clauses, every single policy you write, you're digging that hole just a little bit deeper. And one day you're not going to be able to get out of it. It's going to be too much. You're going to be taking out a second mortgage on your home to try to get out of a cluster group. Unbelievable. Guys, go to acfree.org. That's acfree.org dot org and register. Find out why over 650 agencies and three billion dollars in premium have chosen the AC. And guys here's the best part. But wait, there's more. Mention the insurance guys podcast when you talk to these guys and you get six months that's six months of no membership fee just by mentioning the insurance guys podcast. Go today www.acfree.org and let me help you get your freedom back. Have a great day.
0: So I have a couple questions on that. I'm a big proponent of Facebook groups. I think you probably do it as well as anybody that I know. Uh, CJ Hudson Pillar does a a good job with his as well. I think he he acquired his. I don't think he started it. But uh, there's a group I live in Sarahland. land. Uh, there's a group called voices of Sarah land it's mm-hmm. a community group. I'm not in it. And the reason I'm not in it is it is a shit show.
1: Oh, it well, and I mean, trust me, dude, there's days where ours is. It's, it's just, I mean, it's
0: where everybody takes out their frustrations on everybody. It's just, you've got overwhelmingly mock- negative. Yep. And a, and a relative by marriage of mine started it. They know how it feel. But how do you prevent this group from being that?
1: Yep, I was in a couple locally that that were the same, and I, I felt the same way about it. It's just absolutely brutal. And I mean, there's days where ours can get sideways, and you just you end up kicking the people out and going on down the road, man. But that's you've got some rules, and we have post approval set. Um, one of the biggest ones is is no you know business bashing. you can't post a, a yeah. something in there about your food being cold and all that kind of stuff because it just it snowballs on you you yeah. know to wear one of them and the next thing you know somebody's got a hair in their food down the street it's just a a whole thing so especially the restaurant that.
0: industry because you're never going to have 100 like customer no. satisfaction no as well, as well.
1: and nine times out of ten it's a disgruntled employee that was doing not doing their job and got fired that's what right. we've found a lot of times. You know, there's always two sides to every story. You could, a lot of the business owners, you know, if they're in the next county over or something like that, they may not be in the group or if they're good at their job and they're running a, a successful business, they're probably not on Facebook all the time. So they don't really have a chance to respond to it so you know we direct them you know do a google review something like that if you want to want to go that route but just kind of strict moderation now there's there's blowback to that too man i've been called a uh raging liberal and a right-wing conspiracy theorist in the same day two times yeah. um so i guess that means you keep it kind of right in the middle and there's there's stuff that people post that i don't necessarily agree with but you know in the effort of keeping it as a full community thing you kind of keep it as close to the between the ditches as you possibly can um, but you just have to be intentional with it and, and set the tone. I feel like my personal network early on did a good job of adhering to kind of the etiquette and yeah. it, it kind of pervade throughout. Um, yeah. and, and it still carries on a little bit, even with the growth, but yeah, you gotta be, it, it can go South on you real quick, but you gotta be active with it every day, man. And, uh, some days I wish I could just put it down and I've got a great team of moderators that help me with it. There's six of us now that, that handle it, but it is, it's a good, they, they are bought into it with the community too. They see the the benefit of it. And I'll go through an audit post, man, and see how comments are going. I'll look at thirty or forty posts at a time. And ninety-five percent of those have really great experiences. And of course, it's his social media, man, you're gonna get you're gonna get negative stuff, man. But you just kinda as long as the pros outweigh the cons, it's worth doing it. Hey, so. I'm sorry, go ahead, Brad. so
0: um I'm sorry, I lost my train of
1: thought. Well, let me ask this while Bradley remembers
2: yeah. his question. Josh, uh, for all these young bucks out there that are just starting their agency, I I love the fact you're on this podcast right now because we have a large demographic of our podcast, or at least. Some of our podcast listeners that maybe have only been in the game relative to starting their agency for a few years, similar to you, or are thinking about going out on their own somewhere in that range. What advice can you give these guys and girls that lessons learned from the past couple of years that can help them as they start their journey down the or as I like to call it, their their climb of Mount Everest to become an agency owner. Give give them some lessons learned by Josh Bagby that maybe helps them sidestep some of the landmines that you've either gone through or you sidestepped
1: yourself. Yeah. Do the due diligence, uh, research it, talk to if you got a friend in another state or somebody who I had friends that were now direct competitors that were in the independent world that were were very gracious with their time and information, find those people to help them get to where you you learn the landmines locally of, of what not to do. Um, the other part is go ahead and spend the money, spend the money on the best CRM that you can find, spend the money on the multi-rater, spend the money on agency zoom, spend the money on like, go ahead and get all that set up from the beginning, because it's going to end up paying for itself in the long run. And we're going through, you know, an acquisition right now and and transitioning our agency management system. And I wish the one we're going to is the one that I wish I had gone to two years ago. Who's that? I don't mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm with QQ now. Okay. Um, did it for the open API, uh, probably looking to move to, uh, AMS 360 is where we'll <laughs> end up. Um, I like the PO rating and agency Zoom all plug in together. It just yeah. makes it convenient for me. So go ahead and do that. Go ahead and, you know, don't use some knockoff eSig. Get the one that integrates with all your stuff. And our biggest thing was just efficiency with, I want to enter a client's name one time and that's it. To where you can pass it through all your technology and not have to sit there and, and babysit it over and over and over again because you know we didn't even have a CRM back at, at, at alpha I think and
0: it's, yeah I think it's important too to not have knee-jerk reactions when you're not happy with the systems you're using to yep. like, commit to the systems you're using
1: yep and, fully but pay the pay the people you know, I've got one. uh Mick Hunt Text Bradley about that. I had a great referral there with setting agency Zoom right. I realized, yes, there's videos. I can watch every video known to man on how to do it in agency Zoom, but I'm probably not going to do it as well as somebody like that could do it. So spend the money to get it done right the first time and just roll with it. You'll learn so much more that way. And the, the way that Mick does it, it kind of teaches you how to do it on your own anyway. So I, I feel better for doing that. And it's a relationship game, man. Um, your carrier reps are, are – the, the good ones are like family, and, you know, the bad ones, whether you like them or not, they're probably going to end up in another carrier down the line anyway, and you may need them then. So don't burn a bridge, man. It's kind of the way I've always lived what? my life with – it served me well in high school and college where you never know when that person's going to come back. Now I've got a lot of people that are clients that we may not have necessarily seen eye to eye back then, but all those bridges can never be rebuilt. So there's, there's no reason to burn it down unless it's just an absolutely top. Toxic relationship, but it's it is it's a it's a huge industry, but it's a, a small community of people that that all work together. Especially in a state, man, your, your carrier rep will end up moving to another carrier you want quickly, and um, you'll you'll want that relationship down the line. But um, it is there's no magic bullet. There are uh, staying up till midnight, returning emails, and doing quotes. The it's there, there's not a, a, a magic bullet to it. Everybody searches for the best. Uh, lead vendor and all this stuff. And there's just no way to do it. You got to spend the time, build the brand locally, do the right thing. That's the biggest thing for me. Is just do the right thing. It's a self-cleansing business. And if if you don't do it right, you're going to be doing it for about a year and a half, two years. And then you're going to be on to a different carrier. You're going to lose your carrier contract or, you know, you're going to get canned from the agency that you're at. So just do it right. Uh, whether that means you make money off of it or not, it will always come back around to you as long as you do it right. I've seen that, been in it long enough now that that has rung true over and over and over again. I think you guys probably would uh, would agree with that. So talk about, I,
0: I do agree. You've in the interest of time, let's let's kind of before we close out here, you've done a phenomenal job recruiting your agency. It. Talk a little bit about your recruiting strategy, your uh, you know, how how you're finding some of the people you're hiring. You know, I saw a quote or heard a quote this weekend from Alex Ramosi who said that you are three good hires away from your business absolutely exploding. And yep. I could not agree more. Yep. It's my biggest frustration as an agency owner is, is recruiting and hiring A players. Be willing to overpay for A players. It's still frustrating. Talk a little bit about your strategy around that and kind of how you guys have grown. And there's probably a lot of, I don't know how this worked out, but it worked out, which is yep. kind of how recruiting goes. But talk uh-huh. a little bit about that.
1: That uh, it, it's a relationship thing. And it goes back to the doing the right thing. And I think over time, having been at the captive for 11 years, it's building that brand locally of you do the right thing and you do run a, a good business. And so the the agents that we have here are all from relatively local, um, a Georgia Farm Bureau producer of the year for 2021. She's with us now. She's our, our main uh, personal lines producer. That was She's the one
0: that, was that, that impressed it. me the most. Like, how did you convince that person to come on?
1: My commercial lines producer, who I coached her kids in freshman football when I got done playing, she was frustrated at the independent that she was at. Uh, They had gotten purchased and she was frustrated with the corporate nature of it now. Um, They were like, hey, talk to Josh. She comes. She's been here, you know, almost going on two years now she's friends with this lady. I knew the lady just kind of through some other friends and they get to talk and she's frustrated at Farm Bureau. Same reasons. A lot of them that we were frustrated at Alpha. And so she comes over and a lot of these people, man, it's the freedom. People get in this business for, yeah. for freedom, time freedom. You know, hey, go pick your kids up from school, take them to lunch. And th- these are all adult people, man. I'm still one of the youngest people in the agency of, of our whole staff. And it's just pe- people want to be treated like human beings um, and they want to be paid well for what they do. And if you get a producer that wants to grow. They're they're tired of being stagnant with their pay. Same reason I wanted to get out of Alpha 2. It was it they can grow. The harder they work the more money they make. And when you present that opportunity and just give them the tools to do it, they run with it. But a, a lot of the recruiting for me has just been referrals. My receptionist, we needed her bad, and she's the <laughs> she her and my commercial producer shared a grandkid. One of them's son is married to other one's daughter, and like she's been phenomenal. She's jumped in with both feet really, you know, change what we do here. I brought my, uh, CSR from alpha with me. She was, she came with me right off the bat. I thought it was important to have that service person to where I could focus on producing at the time. And while we built this thing and while we got it kind of specialized, uh, but she, uh, you know, her loyalty there was, was huge, but I wanted people to have a good customer experience right off the bat. And you can't do that if, if I'm trying to service it and sell it and and wear every hat. So how excited, um, how
0: excited was she when you told her she wouldn't have to be on exceed anymore? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that was that was even in the Godwire days, man, and so. <laughs> Guidewire, Godwire is a great product. You know, Mercury and State Auto use GuideWire and it's I've enjoyed using it that way, but they they spent the money. They bought the top notch version and I realized exactly. that the version that we had was not uh the the best version of it. So yeah, uh we had a carrier that used the same version that that alpha did. And uh we as soon as they fired up the webinar, we all cause a couple of my other uh personalized producers came from Alpha as well and we all kind of started twitching and had a little PTSD from looking at that screen, man. But first time I
0: saw American Modern, I think they're on it as well. I was like, yep. oh, no. Yep. I think they bought the cheap version, too, though.
1: It's Well, and what was bad was the lady was going through the, the webinar with us, and she gets hung up. She started getting an error on it, and oh, she was right. like, oh, I don't know what happened. I was like, no, I know exactly what happened there. Like, it's just.
0: <laughs> Your CSR that was with you at the captive company, getting her to move over, was that a hard sell, or was it a, hey, let's, was it ride or die, or was it like, yes, I'm ready to go? Well, I didn't you know, know if I, mean? I could afford
1: her, you know? Yeah, and. Yeah just from going from making pretty good to zero, you worry about it. You know, I've said I had some money saved up and everything, but I, I didn't know if we were going to write our first policy. I didn't, you know, I didn't know if it was going to go well or not. Um, so her faith in me, and I was like, look, this is, I offered to pay to help her get a medical coding certificate or, you know, she was looking at that just to try to help her have a backup plan. And I was very open and honest with her early on, like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. If there's something else you'd like to do, you know, then I just want to give you a heads up to where I'm not yanking a rug out from underneath your knot. And then the further I got into it, I was like, man, I think this is going to go. And uh, it it made a lot of sense to bring her with me. But yeah, it was a, she was uh, concerned, I guess, you know, as as anybody would, but she believed in this man. And I think this is seven years now she's been with me. So, and she's, she's an absolute asset to
2: us. I want to say this, we're going to have to shut this podcast down, but I have breaking news. Breaking news. But before I give the breaking news, I want to say something. And this talks a lot about what Josh has been talking about. So I have a I have a mantra that I require all of my employees to tattoo across their shoulder blades in uh, three-inch old English letters when they come to work for us. It's something that I say, I'd say once a month to all of my people. And what I say to them is this, we're going to do the right thing No matter what that is, we're going to do the right thing. No matter what that is in our agency. Now, here's the caveat to that. I say it to my producers all the time. If you need someone to be your moral compass relative to what that is, because sometimes there can be questions relative to what the right thing is call Scott and I will be your moral compass to help you navigate those waters. Okay. I would put the team that I have today, Monday, June the 12th, 2023 up against anybody in the country relative to doing the right thing. They're good people. They may not sell as much as your bunch does. They may not sell as much as Bradley's bunch does, but by God, they're going to do the right thing. No matter what that is. Because they're good. They're good people. It's kind of like what Aaron Gordon said. His
0: dad, he asked his dad his first day in the business, uh, I have an ethical question. And he said, it's not a question. Right. If it's an ethical question. Do the right thing. Whatever that, whatever that is. is. There's such thing as an ethical question, I think, was the question. Well, that works
1: for the customer and for your your team
2: internally. Here's Uh the, here's the breaking news. Here's the breaking news. I have waited 13 years to do this, but I want to make an announcement today. It's a Scott announcement. I'm in the process of finding the right person and I am going to open up another independent insurance agency in the hometown that I grew up in. Mm. Now, people are like, "Well, why are you what what's the deal there?" Okay, I'm going to tell you the deal there. So my great-grandfather lived in Hamilton. My grandfather lived in Hamilton. My father's a municipal judge, has been for the last 10 or 15 years in Hamilton, Alabama. I grew up playing ball in Hamilton, Alabama. There ain't nobody in Hamilton, Alabama. If you grab a phone book or or go to the yellow pages, white pages, whatever, in Google, that if you blindfolded yourself and called them in Hamilton, Alabama, would not know who White Howell, Scott Howell is. So, so everybody's a warm lead in Hamilton, Alabama for me. Now, why has Scott waited 13 years to do that? Well, my mentor owned an independent insurance agency in Hamilton, Alabama, and I was not going to do something that would affect that relationship. Well, last year he sold out. There's some other agency owners. My high school football coach was one of the very last state farm agents to take over for his father. He is not too far away from retirement. There's some other factors in that as well. But my plan of attack is to open up in Hamilton, Alabama and write every son of a bitch's insurance in Hamilton, (laughs) Alabama. And that's going to happen. You can can believe that. So I wanted to to make that breaking news today. I've waited 13 years to make that happen. We are going to do the right thing no matter what the right thing is in our agency. And if you can't do the right thing, you're going to get gone. I have learned a lot of valuable lessons the past couple of years in my agency, some of which Bradley and I are about to jump on a podcast together today or tomorrow and talk about. But I think that everything that Josh just mentioned, you have a reputation in the town that you grew up in. Mm-hmm. It- And if you're going to open up an independent agency, it behooves you that that less those that reputation that you have in Canton, Georgia and surrounding areas, and maybe your family, your, your parents, your sister, whoever, if you've got a great reputation, you're going to be a lot years away ahead of the person that tries to open up an independent agency. And maybe you don't have a great reputation. The second, I
0: just don't flat like my hometown.
2: Oh, listen, there's a lot of people like that. Hey, there's a lot of folks out there like that. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. Let me tell you something else, Josh Bagby, to Bradley's point that he just made. For those of y'all that didn't hear him, he said, you know what? I just don't like my hometown. There's a ditch on both sides of the road of not opening up in your hometown and going three hours up the road and opening up an agency. Because there are a lot of advantages of going up there where nobody knows you. Well, yep. there
0: there are, and what happens too, I saw this, this plays right in Alpha Conversation. I saw this over and over and over at Alpha, is people would come in and they would sell all their friends and family, and then all of a sudden around 12 or 13 months, they would just fall off yep. production-wise because they did, because Alpha hires a lot of people who don't have experience it's not selling friends and family is not a good litmus test on actually selling insurance. Correct. You didn't learn to do it the right way in a lot of cases.
2: Yeah. And I've talked about this on the podcast before my advice to anybody that wants to start selling friends and family after doing it myself and not doing it with some of my friends and family, meaning waiting years for them to call me. I believe that's the right thing to do. Yeah. If you get in the game and you stay in the game long enough, on a random Tuesday at four o'clock, you'll get a call from your cousin three years later that goes, hey, my insurance just went up. You want to quote my stuff for me? Sure. I think that when you jump in the game and the first thing you do, start calling all your friends and all your family. Yeah. There, there's some problems there. That's there's some issues there. Not to bring up Aaron Gordon twice, even though I know he'll love that.
0: That's another Aaron Gordon thing. His dad taught him, we don't sell our friends and family. We'll get them anyway. hundred
2: percent. And it's so bizarre how it happens because you don't say anything to those people and you see them at Christmas or you see them at Thanksgiving. And maybe you mention, oh yeah, everything's going great. And you know, independent agent, blah, 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 blah. And then two years later, you're sitting at your desk, four o'clock on Tuesday, phone rings. Hey man. Hey brother-in-law, what's happening? Well, you know, blah blah blah. I need you to quote my insurance. Sure, be happy too. It's weird how that happens. Yeah. It, yep. it it it's almost like Aaron's dad said, "God rest his soul." It's just gonna happen, and it will happen. I had, I had
0: happen. a really good friend. The other thing, too, I don't want my friends to feel obligated to yeah.
2: buy from me. 100%.
0: I had a friend who's buying a house call me two weeks ago, and mm-hmm. I kind of talked him through, you know, hey, look, I don't do the quoting. I'm going to send you somebody on my team. This is kind of what to expect. First house he had bought in a while. Uh-huh. I was like, hey, by the way, I'm going to make $150 on this. Right. If you want to go somewhere else that has a better better policy for you, better deal, it's not going to hurt my feelings. Have yeah. at it. And he bought. 100, but I'm like, hey, look, don't feel like, hey, this is gonna, uh-huh. you know what I mean, uh-huh. break the bank and that sort of thing. 100, so, uh, 100.
2: Well, that, I've, that, had, that, I've, that, had, I've had people mean,
0: weaponize that against me. Sorry, Josh. I've had people weaponize that. What do you think? I, mean? I had a customer that bought a $1,500 R- $1, home policy, and I can't remember what happened but wanted some kind of favor or something and told the producer i bought this policy to throw bradley a bone Mm. and and she real quick like let me explain something to you i'm working on a renewal right now that's four hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars in premium Mm. this is not a bone (laughs) yeah and he was being a he was being a jerk you know like i've had people do that so i'd rather just lay it out there hey look here's the deal beautiful thing about this industry i make my money on Number of transactions, not, you know what I mean? The volume, not case by case basis. If you feel that my agency is the best fit for your business and your insurance, I want you. If you don't, I don't want you.
2: Right. Right. Josh, thank you so much for coming on the show today,
1: bro. Man, I just, I appreciate you guys and everything you do in the industry. High character individuals, man. I appreciate it. And I can tell, you know, your hearts are, are for the agents and somebody that has, use you guys as a resource time and time again, I, I owe a lot of success to you guys. So I, I just, we all greatly appreciate you guys speaking on behalf of the other agents out there.
0: Well, I think it's agents like you that we can call and bounce ideas off of that really make it. Hey, what do you think of this? Or, hey, who's yeah. doing this? Or are you calling us? you calling me and saying, hey, I heard about this XYZ thing? Or, hey, let me tell you this thing that QQ is doing now and that sort of thing. Right. I mean, I think that's, that's it. really the you know, it's a community. You uh, built your own community. I mean, our, not to get religious, but like our church and a lot of churches say this, but our church has a saying that you are the church. The church is not the church. And it's kind of like our listeners are the podcast, not us.
2: You know, it's funny, Bradley just mentioned that, Josh. I'm going to tell you and the rest of our podcast listeners something. So we do do a pretty good job of vetting our sponsors. But I'm going to tell you this. If you ever or anybody listening to this ever gets a bad experience, something happens and you don't feel like it, you know, Should have gone the way it went. I would appreciate anybody listening to this to reach out to me or reach out to Bradley. Let me know what's going on so that I can either help you or we can figure out what we're going to do to make it right. I have told every podcast sponsor we've ever had, look, you don't feel like you got what you needed out of the sponsorship. Tell me and I'll pay you damn money back. I don't give a shit. I'm not here to, you know, make a bunch of money off podcast sponsors and and then the agency force... That listens to this podcast, not get what they, you know, should be getting out of whatever that they try out there that maybe did or didn't work. And I think it surprises all of the sponsors that we have that they go, holy, you know, this dude's for real. Also,
0: also, there is a blacklist.
2: There is a blacklist. Of companies
0: that we will not work with.
2: There is a blacklist. And
0: and we had, we had one couple months ago, Scott emailed me, they wanted the sponsor Pay us a bunch of money to get in front of the audience, yep. and I emailed back immediately. Scott forwards me all these requests, uh, forward it to me, and I immediately said, "Nope, won't even, won't even consider yep. it." And it, there's there's a a level of vetting that goes on there where we try to make sure that we are putting companies in front of you guys that could genuinely help you, not that help us, just help us.
2: Well, and and to to selfishly, I don't want, I don't want nor I need my reputation. For sure. To, you know, have a black mark on it because. I said my
1: dad always just said you get one name.
2: That's it. Yeah. And it takes, by the way, it takes a lifetime to build it and about 10 seconds to tear it down. That's right. And so I think about that a lot, whether I'm at an event, whether I'm talking about sponsors, because it only takes seconds for that reputation to be harnessed and then years and years and years to build it back up again. And and
0: we call out companies that we're in cahoots with too. We'll tell them, Hey, the way you're doing this is not in the best interest of independent agents. I had one of those conversations last week. I had a, 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 a vendor that's not a podcast sponsor, but that I am in cahoots with reach out to me upset about something they heard that I said during a presentation. And I said, I did say that this is what I said. And this is this is the issue with that. It was a joke, but you guys aren't doing this correctly. Okay, we appreciate that. We take that to heart. It's not in vain. Right. I'm not telling people not to use the product. In fact, I'm. I was actually saying, use the product, use the product, use the product, use the product. But by the way, look out for this one thing because I don't like the way they do this. Right. I think that's part of our appeal is that we're not bought.
2: Right. You know yep, what I mean? Same.
0: Like our biggest sponsor could do something that's not in the best interest of independent agents tomorrow. We're going to talk about it. It's going to be, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, hell both you and I are both investors in openly and two, three podcasts ago, you're like, what the hell is openly doing with this one thing? <laughs> right. It's like, they're not paying us any money. We paid them money. Right. We're part owners of that company. And you're like this, the way they're doing this is real stupid yeah. on a podcast. Cause yeah. guess
2: what? It is stupid. Well, I, uh, Josh, I'll tell you something funny. Any technology vendor that reaches out to me for any thing whatsoever, the first thing I say to them is, can I tell you the best money you will ever spend? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, you need to hire Bradley Flowers as an independent consultant to be able to give you the independent agent's perspective on what you're doing, good, bad, or indifferent, and how you can improve. And then once you hire him, don't get your ass on your shoulders (laughs) When he says you need to change this, this, and this in order to meet the needs of the local independent insurance agent. Now, if you can do that and and push your feelings aside in order for you to get that honest perspective, then you need to hire him tomorrow and pay him some amount of money to be able to give you that perspective. And if you can't do that and you're going to get your feelings hurt like about a sixth grader, then don't do that that and just keep doing whatever the hell you're doing but and the ones nobody's taking you up on it yet
1: yeah well i mean and openly you know speaking to them I'm on this ACE advisory council thing or whatever for them, and they bring us in and they ask, "What's wrong with it?" They ask, you know, "What what can they yeah. fix?" And I'll, I'll give it to them, man. They sat there and some of the stuff they had fixed overnight. We met one afternoon, right. we get back together the next morning, they had some of it yeah. fixed, and or they had a, a workflow laid out with, "Hey, we'll have this done in the next four weeks. This in the next six months." Um, so, I mean, props to them. I wish more carriers could move that quickly. Well,
0: well, and just to clarify, the thing that Scott was talking about so nobody thinks it's something bad is the fact they don't offer monthly payments. Yeah, it's only
1: annual. That's
0: ridiculous. It, well, their thought process is is twofold. It, it and this I'm speculating is. Uh, oh, I get it. They high net worth clients shouldn't have to pay monthly, right. and then also you get all. There's a benefit to getting all that premium up front from huh. a reinsurance standpoint yep. and the yep. financial investment and all that sort of thing. But my point is like, hey, integrate with the tool like Ascend and just finance yeah. it. Yeah, you still get the premium up front. The customer pays a little bit more, but they're willing to do that for the benefit of paying monthly. E- easy
2: peasy. And I've already made those connections and had those conversations. With, with, folks hey, open. hey, I'm gonna, so they're, I'm, gonna they're open it. To it. I'm gonna take it one step further, Bradley. I'm getting you ready for something. So, you and I are flying to Portland, Oregon, Thursday to go to the offices of Hawksoft on Friday. I, I, I have the sneaky suspicion that we are gonna be in a conference room with some people there, with them with an open notebook saying, how can we improve Hawks off?
0: Yep. Uh, that's, that's, I think 100% that's, the that's happening.
2: Now, you and I need to, as whatever position we have representing the local independent agents across America, be very thoughtful about what I already know, like five things that I want to say, but we need to be very thoughtful in what we, you know, want in terms of changes there mm-hmm. to, well, I'm gonna to d- default
0: to you on that. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah i'll be happy to have that conversation hey josh i love you brother thank you if i can ever do anything for you
1: uh do you have my cell number i'll get it i'll get it from bradley i don't know if i do or not man i got the bomb bomb video i appreciate that no 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 hey um i'll
2: tell you what get my number from bradley shoot me your contact info and i'll do the same back to you because i want i want your cell number i want to keep up with you and i want you to call me if i can help you okay Anytime, man. I appreciate it. Same and vice versa. If I can ever help you. Hey guys, as I end every podcast, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today. Go out into the big, bad world, build connections. Josh Bagby, community connections. Josh Bagme knows everybody around his community. When he picks up the phone to call somebody, it ain't a cold call. It's a warm call. And he's always two degrees away from separation of knowing this person he's on the other phone with. And it makes selling about 10 billion times easier. Call, make connections, build relationships in your community, make money for your family, for your wife, for your husband for your kids' college fund, for your parents and your in-laws that are struggling out there. Go make money for them. Write good business for the companies that you represent. Write good business for the agencies that you represent. And remember this, if you're listening to this podcast, always remember this. Do the right thing no matter what the right thing is. It might hurt you today, but I can promise you. I can promise you long term it's gonna benefit you and your agency and guess what else guys here's another great thing you get to put your head on the night uh, the pillow at night and sleep yep. and not have to worry about who you just over excuse my language <laughs> not have to worry about it not have to think about it anymore that's the that's the biggest reason that's the biggest reason Bradley Flowers I love you thanks man thanks Josh hey Josh thank we you. love you thank you brother
1: love you man go dog all,
2: right. all right man You are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being a part of our family, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at scott at iprotectinsurance.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.